Welcome to the Confirmation Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Spartanburg. We're so happy that you've joined us. If you're a Confirman, thanks for tapping in. Hope you get a lot out of these conversations uh, and all these episodes. If you're a mentor, welcome to you too. And if you're just listening, we're glad to have you. Let's get it going. I'm joined with the Reverend Craig Foster here to bring you a, a nice conversation about um, the theology behind baptism and the Holy Spirit, but also practically what that means for us as Christians, as people of faith, uh, and and what do we do with that? So, Craig, welcome. Thanks, John Daniel. And let me just ask him: um, uh, Do you remember your baptism? I don't. I was an infant. Um, I, you know, the one, the few things I do remember about it are what's been told. I know for a fact that it was my grandfather. Uh, who is a was a Presbyterian minister who baptized me, um, and it was at Park Lake Presbyterian Church in Orlando. I know they have record of it because I had to have it for ordination. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not much I remember. What about you? Yeah, I was also baptized as, as an infant, and that's that's uh, pretty typical w- within the Presbyterian Church, but not the only time we, we do baptism. We we, uh, we often baptize uh, confirmands at the, at, as they wrap up the, the confirmation process, but but also uh, sometimes adults. And sometimes we have uh, um, like elementary kids who uh, weren't baptized as infants. They maybe came from a, um, uh, another tra- tradition where they practiced uh, believer baptisms, which means that you have to make a statement of faith when you are baptized. And, um, uh, but, but, you know, came into our church and said, I'm, I think I'm ready. So it, it happens at, at all different ages uh, within our, our church. The reason we, we baptize infants often in, in the Presbyterian church, though, is, is because we believe that um, God's love and God's grace comes first. Uh, even before we know how to choose God, uh, God chooses us and claims us as God's own, welcomes us into the family of God. And so, um, and so we baptize infants to, um, to welcome this, them into the, this family. And, and as, as part of that, the congregation makes promises, uh, promises to uh, help um, raise them in the faith, to, to partner with the parents who also promise to help help raise the child in the faith. When there's something really cool we do at First Pres, and I, I mean, I'm sure we're not the only church that does this, but the inclusion of the children of the church in that uh, that moment in worship of uh, where a child is, uh, I guess they volunteer, but they come up and they gift, they both read those sentences from scripture, from Matthew, um, and then they gift the, the family and particularly the child with a Bible, right? Right. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that the that uh, passage from Matthew. It's the very last words of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, it's go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. Uh, we in the Presbyterian Church and 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 most Protestant uh, uh, churches have uh, two sacraments. Uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper, and the reason we have those two is because we see clear um, direction in Scripture that Jesus said to do these things, and so uh, that passage from Matthew is where Jesus says to do it, and I, and I love that that passage because one, it says that baptism is for everybody, um, uh, all nations, all peoples, everybody. It's not just for a certain a certain uh, select group uh, that. 
and involves teaching that there's, um, you know, part of what those promises that are made at baptism is that we're going to um, uh, uh, teach teach those 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 child those children um, uh, the faith, and even in the case of of uh, a teenager or an adult who is being baptized, there is um, the expectation that, that 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 person will will grow in faith and understanding yeah. uh, um, uh, of the faith. I think what you're bringing up too in in baptism in our tradition, uh, which is significant to me, is that it's almost like um, three levels of, of vow or commitment, um, both, you know, when, it, when it's an infant, it's, it's the parents on behalf of that child. Uh, but then you also have almost this pastoral commitment, um, from the, the collected, uh, including the parents, uh, including the child, um, or, or, or in nurturing of that child. And then you have the, the person themselves who's, who's undergoing baptism, uh, that it is, there is a, a certain level of commitment. I think in my own statement of faith um, and, and the way I kind of put it for myself is, is baptism is this moment of signed, sealed and delivered, um, or at least the very least, the recognition of that, of that reality for us um, as children of God, the created Imago Dei who are now signed, sealed and delivered through the grace, mercy, and peace of Christ. Now, now you use a fancy Latin word there, Imago Dei. What does that mean? Let me drop that, yeah. Um, so Imago Dei, meaning made in the image of God, image of God, um, t- to say that we are all, each of us, unique as people. We look different, we act different, we come from very unique places, but even in all of that, in our story, in our physical embodiment, something about us is made in the image of God, that it is God who has called us, God who has created us, and God who has stamped us um, in love to said that this is, I mean, in the same way that uh, in scripture at Jesus's own baptism, he rises out of the waters and the, the clouds um, part uh, in, the, in the visual and, and you, the, the voice of God comes down and said, this is my son, the beloved. And, and, and the the language is that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It wasn't probably a real dove, but something something came down um, uh, on Jesus in the baptism. And we're going to talk about the, the Holy Spirit a, a little bit more in in a minute. But baptism has has so many rich meanings. Um, uh, part of it is is what we've already talked about belonging. Um, uh, part of it is. Um, Initiation, and we think of initiation sometimes with, with fraternities and sororities, <laughs> yeah. and I think we have a kinder, a fr- general, a friendlier version of initiation. But, but it is um, uh, a way to be involved in both. Well, but, possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a way of coming into to the community. Um, there's also an aspect of 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 washing that's in there. There's uh, uh, baptism signifies uh, forgiveness and grace, and so it may be it may seem odd that that we're um, uh, baptizing infants uh, when they have have their whole lives ahead of them. Ba- uh, back in the the early centuries of the church, there were sometimes people who would wait until they were on their deathbed mm-hmm. uh, to be baptized because they were afraid of, okay, I'm going to be forgiven and have these sins washed away in baptism. But what happens afterwards? That new life before death. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. So, um, but but the church has always understood that that baptism is 
a sign of the forgiveness that we receive uh, throughout our lives. And we continue to ask for God's for forgiveness. Uh, we, it's a part of most of our worship services um, uh, uh, to, to ask for God's forgiveness and, and receive God's grace. And, and baptism is, is a sign of that. You may notice in our sanctuary, at least, that that typically when we do the prayer of confession, we always do it from that baptismal font yeah. to to um, signify that forgiveness and grace that we that we receive in baptism. And sometimes you'll see uh, the minister reach in and and lift up some some water um, or pour it in or pour it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so there's the the inclusion of the community. There's uh, there's the the washing away uh, of sin. There's also another meaning that, that um, is not a, as apparent in the way we Presbyterians do uh, baptisms, but it's maybe a, a little more apparent in the way our, our Baptist sisters and brothers do oh, yeah. it. Um, and that that's the Apostle Paul talks about dying and rising to Christ. You already talked about new life. And in those immersion baptisms, person is literally buried underwater and, and comes up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're gasping for air like <laughs> and in flailing around. Yeah. Delmar, um, Delmar goes under. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's a very visual image of something that that we still recognize, even when we sprinkle a small amount of water uh, on a person's head uh, in our baptisms. That that part of this is is um, uh, dying and rising to new life, and that's something that. Um, this not just a one-time thing that that we are growing into that new life. Well, and that's a that's a great uh, a question that I imagine a lot a lot of people have around baptism, and we see it. You know, in the Presbyterian tradition, we we acknowledge one baptism that you have. You have the one baptism is all that you quote need, right? Um, and then throughout life, we we do these acknowledgments of the or the the reaffirmation of one's baptism uh, or or. Yeah, the you know kind of re-ritualization, the the reflection on one's baptism. In other traditions, you might notice that someone says, oh, "I've been rebaptized. I've been yeah. baptized again," um, almost as a as a way of saying, you know, I needed I needed that renewal. I needed baptism to mark a new stage of new life. Um, what what is the significance for us as Presbyterians in saying the it is one baptism? Um, and beyond that is simply a leaning back into rem a remembrance of that baptism that we had. Yeah, so so there are some churches that um, you have to be baptized to enter into the church. Uh, we in, in Reformed and Presbyterian churches um, uh, talk about, about one baptism um, because we're not— just being baptized into one congregation. We're being baptized into the body of Christ, into the the, the church universal. Um, and you'll hear that language some in, in the, uh, when we do baptisms uh, here. Um, so, and that, that one, one church, that church universal has many forms um, uh, and has many forms uh, right here in Spartanburg, all over town. But um, but we don't think you you need to be rebaptized to join just another portion of the same church universal. 
that there's another piece of this which reaches back to um, uh, the early centuries of the church, fourth century or so, um, where the the church was persecuted and um, and there there were those that um, that turned over Bibles to be burned by 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 the um, yeah. uh, uh, by the Romans and those who um, uh, became martyrs because they they didn't and there is some question about whether the baptisms of those who turned over uh, the Bibles uh, to the authorities uh, should be recognized or whether they should be rebaptized and the church said no that that what's what's important is what God does the grace that that is that is in that act. Um, not the worthiness of the one doing it, which I'm glad of yeah. um, uh, for, for all of our sakes. Um, Truly. Yeah. There's well, and then another word you brought up, I think, um, and we'll talk about in future, I mean, throughout confirmation and in, and in a future episode of this idea of sacrament, um, you know, of, of uh, you brought up the Lord's Supper and the, the two sacraments that we recognize in our tradition being baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, and you talked about some ideals there on uh, community, uh, being central to that. But yeah. as you think about baptism, what, what is it? Wh- why is it a sacrament? Well, well, first of all, uh, because Jesus told us to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, um, sign attached to a promise. Um, uh, the last words of that Matthew, um, text that's read at the baptism is remember I am with you always to the end of the age so there's that promise of of Jesus to, to be with those who who are who are baptized in, in in his name another definition of a sacrament is, is a, a visible sign of an invisible grace mm. so um, uh, that that forgiveness that welcome that inclusion that adoption as as uh, children of God, um, all of that is not something we can see, not something we can feel or or hear. Um, but uh, in baptism, uh, you can. You can. It's it's a sign that you can see, that you can feel, that you can hear. Um, uh, for immersion baptism, maybe even taste. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're in the river. Right. Right. Um, and that, that's something that, that that's really wonderful for me about about both the sacraments. And I think it's it's maybe easier to see that multisensory experience in the Lord's Supper because you're actually tasting mm-hmm. and um, and feeling. And um, uh, but it's it's there in, in in baptism as well. And I I think of it too as as an act, a sign. I mean, it's, it's easy, you know, there is a strong focus on this remembrance of Christ, of, of the significant significance of that, um, act and sign in Christ's own life and in the, the story of the gospel. Uh, but also that a sacrament and baptism as one is, is beyond remembrance. We believe that in that moment we are brought fully into the presence of the living God. That, that it is it just like in, in Christ's own baptism, that it is God through the form of the Holy Spirit that descends upon um, upon an individual. And, and you, you've touched on uh, uh, something else that's important for sacraments in general, I think. Um, uh, the Latin word uh, sacramentum, for which we get uh, sacrament, it's a translation of a Greek word mysterium. 
And uh, any guess what, what English word comes from mysterium? Mystery. Yeah. Great is the mystery of faith. Yeah. And so there, there's mystery around these sacraments that we believe that there's more going on than we see or understand. Um, uh, and uh, that gets talked a lot about with, with Lord's Supper, and we, we, can, we can do that some other time. But, um, uh, but there is a, a mystery of how, how is it that Christ is present in that, this? How is it that we're joined to Christ? What does it mean um, uh, that, that we re- receive this grace for, for, for all of our lives? Um, it, it reminds us that the, that the God that, that, we, um, that we worship, that we follow, um, is a God beyond our understanding, um, uh, not something that's, that's simply been created out of the mind of, uh, of some human being, but, but, but something uh, that, that we have um, sought after. And, and That we acknowledge is there, but we not only have sought after, we keep seeking after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and, and six weeks of confirmation is not going to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give you, yeah. give you and your it, answers. It, it, and being a past and ordained minister is not going to give you the answers to, or, or at least fully understand who it is that God is. Yeah. And I think if you talk to someone who, who says that they, they've got it all figured out about God, then, um, I would stay away from, from, from what it is that they say, because, uh, because that God is too small. Um, uh, so yeah, this, these sacraments help us, uh, come into a, the mystery of God, the mystery of God. So, um, in relation to confirmation, uh, confirmation is confirmation of your baptismal vows. Mm. Um, uh, for some people, um, uh, baptism and confirmation happens at the same time. So for other people, um, uh, baptism happens m- many years apart um, uh, with uh, uh, baptism happening uh, as an infant and uh, confession of faith happening uh during during confirmation, fifteen, sixteen, 15, seventeen years. Yeah, later, and it's different yeah. different ages in different churches. I like to refer to those as, as the two gateposts through which you enter the church: baptism hmm. and 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 profession of faith. And whether they happen at the same time or years apart, um, those are how you come into um, full membership uh, in the church. So that's part of what this confirmation process is about: is looking at. Uh, those promises that were made at your your baptism, looking at uh, the faith that was professed at your baptism, examining it for yourselves now that you're a little older and um, uh, can can think about those important things uh, for yourself. So The, the significance of almost of us starting this process talking about baptism. Yeah, I always like to start confirmation with baptism for that reason. Well, you, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier the, the um, baptism of Jesus, and there is the, the dove descending mm. uh, uh, on Jesus, or the, the Spirit of God descending on Jesus right, right. like a dove. And, um, and the Greek there is, is a little unclear. Did the, did, did the Spirit descend onto Jesus or into Jesus? The same word can be used either way. I, I like the into language. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, brings about an embodiment. Um, it's physical uh, that that it kind of like as as I think of someone talking about the he, the the Holy Spirit of a girl I was in youth group with growing up she used to call it the heebie-jeebies, heebie-jeebies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like um, whenever whenever she would get 
goosebumps she would she would name that as the holy spirit yeah. that this just like physical overwhelming of of body like sensation within your body um that always for me has that has stuck with me as and and what so when you talk about the baptism of jesus and and you thinking of that word being more about into think of you know what does it look like for jesus to get the heebie-jeebies yeah. <laughs> right there yeah yeah uh, in a positive light not necessarily yeah. a spooked out yeah yeah you know, um, the Holy Spirit is one of the the three persons of the Trinity. Um, so uh, we believe that, that there is only one God, um, uh, uh, but that that one God is in in three persons: uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there there are other ways of, of naming the, the those three, um, uh, but but all three of them are are equally God. Hmm. All three of them are. Um, personal you know uh, we, we sometimes uh, struggle with what pronouns to use uh, uh, for God and you'll you'll hear um, uh, he's and she's and um, sometimes with, with with the Holy Spirit you, you'll hear um, it I don't really like it mm-hmm. for the Holy Spirit um, uh, I, I like to use one of the personal pronouns and, and I will say that both in Greek and in Hebrew the word for spirit, um, in both languages, both biblical languages is is feminine. Yeah. So if you're gonna call um, one of the the members of the tr- Trinity feminine, that's the one you have the most at least grammatical grounding right. for. So uh, you'll often hear me me use the pronoun she for for uh, for the Holy Spirit, or sometimes I'll just say the Spirit. But um, the Spirit is mentioned uh, throughout the Bible. Um. Uh, this both in Greek and Hebrew. The same word for spirit can also be translated as breath or wind, and so there's some interpretation that that goes on. But but there's also you get um, uh, multi levels of meaning in some of these stories. So in the creation story, uh, if you read different translations, some of them will say a wind from God swept over the waters, and some some will say the spirit of God. Uh, uh, swept over the waters. Um, uh, when we get in, into to John, it also talks about all things being created through Jesus. So um, uh, we get the sense that that all three persons of the Trinity were were there at creation, involved in, in, in creation, and um, uh, and the and Ezekiel and Ezekiel's vision of the of the of the valley of the dry yeah. dry bones. Um, uh, God says to to, to, to to prophesy to the breath, prophesy uh, to the spirit, prophesy uh, to the wind. And and there's a wind or the spirit that blows through them and those dry bones come to life. Uh, uh, there's um, uh, So the spirit of God pops up um, in different ways throughout the Old and New Testament. It, it really wasn't um, until... Long after the, the the Bible was written, that we, we we got this this full idea of the Trinity, but the Spirit is is, is always there. Um, I think that's I, an important point too, because we could so easily, um, we, we you know when, when I think of what's the probably biggest story in Scripture, or if you say Holy Spirit, what's the story it makes you think of? It's probably Pentecost, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, um, but. It's not, I mean, because we can think of all of the Old Testament, there's no, now Isaiah alludes to 
Jesus in uh, an incarnated form of, of Messiah and God. But, you know, it isn't till the Gospels, the beginning of the New Testament, that we meet this Jesus, right? Um, but as the Spirit, it doesn't have as much a a welcome welcome moment, right? It's it's so it, the Spirit there's it, but the, the Holy Spirit is intricately intertwined into who God is in the whole story of God's yeah. people. Yeah, uh, that that from the very beginning, there the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. I think it's an important piece to point out as well as uh, you know just to touch on what you said of when we're talking about the spirit the pronouns the the vast names we can give to the spirit but also to say that when we are talking about Jesus or we're talking about God or the Holy Spirit referencing the trinity it is to say the persons uh, not the parts not the natures but the persons of the trinity and right. the holy spirit being a person right right and and, and that 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 language of of of, of uh, parts and and all that there there's a lot of uh, technical theology that, that oh, goes yeah. into that. Um, uh, the main point of that is that that all three persons are are completely God, not mm-hmm. just one piece of God. Right. You mentioned uh, uh, names for the Holy Spirit. Well, one that 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 um, jumps out to me is in the Gospel of John uh, at the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus promises that an advocate will come, mm-hmm. or a Paraclete is is the is the is the Jew, or the Greek word for for that there. Advocate, Comforter, Comforter, the Holy Comforter. Yeah, the other, in yeah, some translations. yeah. And what's really neat there is that Jesus describes what this Comforter, Advocate, Holy Spirit will do, and it will basically do. The same things that Jesus has done. He says that through this gift, you'll be able to do um, uh, the same things I've done and more, uh, which is kind of interesting to believe. But but what's important is that that what the Spirit continues to do in the world, even today, um, is in continuity uh, with Jesus and the work of Jesus. And so... Uh, you mentioned the the the, the heebie-jeebies there. Right. You know, it's you know, we can hear a lot of people talk about uh, the spirit leading me uh, to do to do this, but I think we need to test that against is is this um, is this in line w- with the work of Jesus, and is this in line with with how we've seen God uh, working in, in the world. The other thing that, that that we see in in the Bible about the Holy Spirit, especially in some of the letters of Paul, is that the Spirit gives gifts. Mm, the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit, um, and those gifts are abilities that we have, interests that we have, things that we're able to do, and some of those are 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 things that that we build upon and develop. Um, so someone may have. The gift of preaching. Well, they they may have a kernel there, and then they and they uh, uh, develop it. But but God has given gifts through the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to each of us and and to the church, and those gifts have a purpose, and uh, they're not just for us to 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 use and to benefit from the the gifts that that God gives to the church through the Holy Spirit are gifts to help build up people, 
to equip the saints to for equip the, work the saints of for the work of ministry. Ephesians yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so these gifts have a purpose, and, and uh, you'll often hear that uh, in worship or around uh, the time of the offering that, that God has blessed us to be a blessing. God is giving yeah. us gifts so that we can we can give to others. So so part of what um, our job as disciples is to do is to figure out what are those gifts that, that, that we've received through the Spirit and how might the Spirit be calling us uh, to use them? I think an important part of that too is, well, I think of two things. You kind of talk to use this word develop. Um, and uh, when we think about those gifts we've been given, first and foremost, while a gift from God, while a unique piece of who we are, it doesn't mean it's polished right off the bat, right? So for example, the gift of preaching, it takes practice. It takes surrounding yourselves with those people who can be honest about, um, yes, that's a gift, but here's how to make it even better. Here's Or here's how to tap into it even more. Um, it takes both discernment and prayer of, of what that gift is, um, discernment with others of who God might have placed in your life, but the continued nurturing of that gift. And ultimately, that gift has been given, like it, like Ephesians says, to, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, ministry being that which draws us closer to one another. And they are gifts for the, the building of community, for the building of the community of God as a, a place that is pursuing restorative justice, that is uh, pursuing to embody the love which God so freely gives to us, that is always working to pass the peace of Christ you know, I, 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 as a moment in worship that we think about. And not everyone has this moment of passing of the peace. And it can seem like almost this uh, little brief moment of chit-chat, right? right? But I, I always love to think about, and, and sometimes we'll use that language in, in presenting uh, that point in worship to say that when Christ did that, to his own disciples, he breathed on them. Yeah, and that's yeah. a very um, visual and, I mean, you know, you think about someone, we, we often are like, stop breathing in my face, you know, <laughs> but you take a tic-tac. But that, that just like, what does it look like to actually, in that moment of worship, to, to think about what, you, what does that mean? You're passing the peace of Christ and to acknowledge both the Holy Spirit that you are receiving through someone else and the power that you have been given through God, through your gifts, to be passing that peace in the presence of the Holy Spirit to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want um, uh, people to think that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just things that get used in worship leadership oh, yeah, or, yeah. or even just in, in the church. There are many, many gifts of the Spirit uh, for, to help build up people. And and um, only a few of them have to do with um, preaching and teaching and, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and worship. Um, even just in family life, yeah, you know, yeah. friends or school sports. I mean, there's the, you know, I think of, um, sports, the whole idea of sportsmanship, right? What does it look like to have a gift of the spirit that you are able to, um, say, say someone's got a gift of resolution of, of being a peacemaker. Uh, what does that look like? In, in the realm of sports to be a peacemaker, just as an example outside of the church. Yeah, and there are all sorts of, you know, lists of the right, uh, right. Of, of gifts of the Spirit, and none of them are the same. Uh, and and even none of them uh, 
I think it can be exhaustive. There, you know, each of us has, has those unique gifts that we've been given by God, and get to search for how can we use those gifts um, to serve God, and both in ourselves and helping others to see that in themselves too. Yeah, um, yeah, and being, I mean, almost like being vulnerable in conversation with one another. Uh, that's part of the building up um, is to to affirm and acknowledge. Hey, you are. You know, I noticed this about you. Whether that's a friend or um, that you're super close with, or it's just someone in youth group that you know, uh, to be able to point that out um, in a way that is affirming them, is lifting them up, to because you don't know if they see that in themselves. Well, John Daniel, I know you're a fan of Fred, Frederick Beekner. I love me some Beekner. Um, and, and so I, I'm sure you know Beekner's quote about vocation. Oh yeah, about the place that we're called for. What? Um, uh, uh, what is that? Where, where your, your calling, your place of vocation is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Right. That intersection, those crossroads of where you are just fulfilled in an ultimate way, in a way that where you feel God, um, and what you do and the place where the world is craving that. And it, and I want to suggest that that deep hunger, or or that deep gladness, rather, that you feel, that is a gift of the Spirit. It is something that you find joy in doing. We'll be, uh, we ordained and installed our officers a couple of weeks ago. We've got some makeup uh, folks that are doing it uh, uh, this Sunday. Um uh, part of what, what we usually pray when we pray for those people who are entering into ministry is that they find joy in their ministry, that they right. find those things, those ways to use their gifts uh, that are fulfilling and, and, and full of joy. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great kind of note to leave on. Um, and just to wrap it up, just as I'll end with a fun fact too, for those as you, you know, when you, when we think we're PCUSA, right? So we belong to the denomination of the Presbyterian Church USA. Every good denomination, every good sports team, every good company has a logo. Uh, and you think of our logo of, uh, and go look it up. It's, you know, the cross and you'll, you probably, if you just look at it, you notice this kind of uh, three lined cross with flames underneath. Um, look at it at the top you have the dove representing the holy spirit descending on jesus descending on jesus as he's baptized then below that the first kind of layer is is the book it's scripture uh, representing you know the power of the word to us and and then finally well not finally there's four pieces but under the book creating the base of the cross is the baptismal font um and and finally, you have the flames of Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. Um, that just so how deeply baptism and the Holy Spirit are are rooted in our identity as Presbyterians. And I never really thought about the placement of those pieces in, in relation to each other until until just now. But yeah. isn't it neat that the that the dove is descending into the open book, the Scripture? Mm-hmm. That that part of what the Holy Spirit does is help us to read and understand the Bible. That's, that's why we always have, um, uh, a prayer uh, around the reading and the preaching prayer of, of illumination. Yeah. A prayer yeah. of illumination, uh, um, a prayer to help for, have the spirit help us. And sometimes it's a sung prayer. Sometimes it's a spoken prayer, but we need the spirit's guidance to, even to, to read the scripture, 
um, uh, correctly and meaningfully in, in today's world because uh, it, it, it gets re- read differently in, in each new age. It speaks in, in new ways through the Spirit in each new age. Spirit of the living God, fall upon me something like that fall afresh fall afresh on me i like that too um well craig i think this is a a great point to kind of um close out our conversation today on baptism in the holy spirit we hope y'all enjoyed this conversation and um hope that this spurs maybe i mean like we're talking about i hope that this spurs more questions for you um ones you're willing to engage with one another on feel free to come and engage with us on and and most importantly in this process of confirmation um lean into that relationship with your mentor to um, bring them the questions and if you're a mentor listening lean into those questions don't look to just have the answers but continue to have these conversations uh, about faith and about what does it mean to, to be baptized what does baptism mean what is what is the holy spirit we look forward to continuing along this process with you thanks Greg. absolutely thank you john daniel